Pierre Noel, thank you very much indeed for talking to Judge Business School Window on the World podcast today. You're an expert in energy economics and policy. We have oil prices falling globally. Is that a good or a bad thing for the world economies? Oh, for the world economy as a whole, it's certainly a good thing. It's probably one of the only good news around. Um, But obviously for oil producers, it's uh, much less of a good thing. And for some of them, it's even a disaster. So um, this is exactly why they are trying to do something about it. But surely for the consumer, for the business person, particularly businesses which rely on a lot of energy use and oil, this can only be good. It can only help to stimulate the economy. Isn't it foul play for the producers to try and prevent an oil price fall? Well, <laughs> it's a difficult question. Uh, is it fair or not? You know, I, I think it's obviously... Uh, one of the only official cartel which is which is tolerated um, it has i think uh, a significant impact on on the world economy, but it seems to be um, it seems to be very difficult uh, we 've tried in, in the past to to sort of weaken OPEC and even break it uh, legally we failed. My sense is that there's not a lot of political capital which is spent on it, spent on, 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 on breaking OPEC. I'm not sure we should uh, try harder. Um, the reality is that as, as far as consumers are concerned, we basically can live with a very wide range of oil prices. It's more of a problem for producers than, it's a, than, it, than it is for us, actually. What about demand for oil? Is that going up or down globally? Well, currently it's going down, and it's exactly the reason why the price is going down. Um, uh, it's not only, I mean, interestingly, it's not only going down because of the financial crisis. There's also been a sort of a structural impact of the five years of very high oil price that we've had uh, prior to the financial crisis. And these very high oil prices have brought demand down. First, first they have reduce the rate of growth, but then they have even brought demand down in the OECD countries. For example, in Europe, oil consumption has been going down significantly for some time now, way before the financial crisis. In the US, uh, the, 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 pace, I mean the, the, the growth rate in oil demand has gone down significantly, very close to zero, even before the financial crisis. So on top of that, You've got the very strong impact on, on the current recession, which is not only impacting rich countries where oil demand was flat, but also impacting emerging countries, China, India, Brazil, these big emerging countries that were, that were driving the growth in global oil demand prior to the financial crisis. So now global oil demand is falling. It's probably falling rapidly, and this is exactly what explains the uh, collapse of the price. But then what will happen in the production and manufacturing side? Will oil refineries have to close where countries have invested in producing more? Well, refineries do not produce any oil. They transform oil from crude oil into products that you and I uh, consume. Um, So, yes, there's been some expansion in refinery capacity in the world recently. Uh, you have to understand that the profitability of refining as an industry 
historically has been very low and it's been recently through a phase of very high profitability so people have people have built more capacity what will happen is refining will probably go back to its sort of normal state of very low profitability refining is not a very very good business in any case what is interesting more interesting i believe is the impact of the collapse in the price of oil on exploration and production investment and what we are seeing what we what we currently are seeing almost everywhere is a sharp decline in investment in exploration and production and obviously this is one of the explanation one of the reasons why oil price will go up again in in in, in at the latest stage in the cycle you know this is a very cyclical business it's true for most commodities most primary uh, primary resources and it's true for oil and perhaps therefore you might justify the role for opec because it has to somewhere regulate or anticipate what this demand is going to be i would disagree with that if they were able to do that i would agree but the the the, the historical record is not in their in their favor i think they exacerbate the ups and downs because um <clears throat> when the price goes up they are always reluctant to invest because they fear that if they do invest they will they will engineer the next you know collapse in price but by not investing they make the price go even higher and so they um make the the eventual collapse even 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 more st- even stronger and even quicker and um when the price does collapse they cut production which they are currently busy doing and usually they cut it by too much so they sort in I, i think opec exacerbates the ups and downs in the oil market in you know by the very process of trying to you know defend their interest trying to defend a high price uh, they 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 overshoot in both directions if you want and then has much thought been given to a post opec world uh, a world in which we sort of get rid of opec as an anomaly or as a regulator and think well what could we put in its place you know if anything uh we will have more opec rather than less and the reason is that um reserves outside the cartel in in non opec countries uh, are declining um the um production in most non opec countries is declining so the market the, the market power of opec is increasing on top of that you have had recently a revival of oil nationalism if you want and more countries that were not opec country you know countries that were not opec members like uh, angola which was a very important the fastest growing non-opec producers outside russia angola has joined opec recently and russia which i have just mentioned uh russia which has been the fastest growing non-opec country for the over the past decade is very close to joining opec and will cooperate very actively with opec now to cut production so they are acting as a de facto opec country if not as a uh, de jure member if you want um so i you know whether we like it or not i think we're going to have more opec rather than less in the in the coming in the coming years again um uh, whether we should spend any political capital or foreign policy efforts at breaking opec is not is not clear to me i think 
if they are successful at defending high prices, we um, we do not necessarily suffer. Uh, uh, it, it may even be positive for, for our efforts at developing alternative energy sources. Uh, and when they are not uh, successful, the price collapses and it's broadly, broadly speaking good for the world economy. So, you know, we can, the, the basic truth is we as consuming countries can live with a very wide range of oil prices. It has to go very, very high. To become to start be, be to start being really painful for us. But shouldn't there be some reform of OPEC? Because consumers they feel a panic. You see people queuing at the pumps when people are told, "Oh, prices are going to go up," or, or there aren't enough oil supplies. It seems to be such an essential commodity for all economies now that somehow we need appropriate regulation of it. And you seem to be saying it's not appropriate. Well, the idea of having. Um, some sort of an international regulation of the oil market that would bring producers and consumers together um, to the best interest of, of, of everybody involved. This idea has a long history. And um, I think that it is um, it overlooks the fact that we have very, very different interests um, you know, as I said, we as consumers can can live with a wide range of oil prices, but we clearly prefer low prices. Producers uh, have a very clear preference from for high prices and even very high prices. Um, the higher the price, the more money these governments get, uh, the more they can spend. Uh, they are usually non-democratic governments, so they have to buy their populations. Uh, uh, they have. I mean, the way to create legitimacy in this country is to basically spend, you know, for the government to, you know. But aren't we entering a new economic order where people aren't just thinking about sort of bailing out capitalism and this recession globally, but they're also thinking of perhaps imposing new green or environmental uh, yeah. values on economies, on businesses? Shouldn't we do something about oil? Isn't it the time to act now to reform the current system? We are doing a lot about oil. We've been taxing oil heavily. Uh, I mean, we, uh, the country where, 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 where we are, you, you, you and me now, the UK, has some of the highest uh, oil prices for the consumer, uh, so after-tax prices in the world. Uh, we've been taxing oil heavily for a long time, and this is the very reason why we in Europe, but also in Japan, have these very fuel-efficient cars. Uh, this is also the reason why uh, we drive we tend now to drive less than we were doing even recently. Uh, so we are doing things about oil. And by the way, there, there are alternatives coming to the market. It's not exclusively about alternative fuels like biofuels, though it has an impact at the margin, but it's mainly about alternative technologies, uh, hybrid cars to so electric petrol cars, uh, but now more and more fully electric cars, fully electric cars that you can plug on 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 when you are at home, um, and that are um, that are really now coming to to the market. It's a matter of of a few years for them to enter the mass market. So alternatives are coming to the to the to the oil market. We have been tackling this problem for a long time, 
and I think we're going to reap the benefits of that. So um, I, I, yes, there is a very big imperative for an energy transition towards essentially a lower carbon economy and eventually a zero carbon economy. Um, but you, can, you could argue that we've been, as far as oil is concerned, we've been doing the, the, right, thing, the right thing for a long time. So we can do more. If we do more, it's, it's more costly. That means increasing taxes yet more on, on, on oil products and people will probably be reluctant to that. But uh, we are basically doing the right thing. When, when the oil price goes down, if we think it goes down by too much because it undermines our investment in alternative technologies, then we can increase the taxes and compensate for the, for the fall in crude oil prices. We don't require an international agreement with oil producers to do that. You seem to be saying we have an inexact system in OPEC, but in a way the system works, and if it isn't broke, uh, don't fix it. Yes, I think the big mistake uh, is to consider OPEC as some sort of a... <clears throat> some sort of a regulatory agency that works for the greater good of, you know, the world. OPEC is a cartel of oil-producing government. It's written in plain English on their website. And um, they are defending their own interest. Their, the fact that they defend their own interest is not necessarily uh, dramatic. I mean, it's not necessarily a, a, a very, you know, something very painful for us. But they do not protect any of our interests, neither our economic growth imperative, I mean, objectives, nor our green objectives. All of these objectives have to be defended by the right policies at home in, in our uh, consuming importing countries. So the recession isn't a time to reform OPEC, isn't a time to try and push through changes, but just let the markets have their way. The recession is a very challenging situation for uh, oil producers, very challenging. To what extent they, go, they, they will succeed in, in, in or they will succeed rapidly in, in, in redressing the price of oil, I don't know. But when you have a budget, uh, when you are, I don't know, Iran, for example, you have a budget which is designed, which is balanced with a price of oil of $90 and that now the price is 30-something, you have a very big problem. So this is extremely challenging for some of these countries. Let's, let's face it, Russia is in a state of economic collapse right now. Uh, so this is very challenging for them. Uh, for us, it's very challenging for other reasons. You know, we will have a lot of unemployment. We will have very, um, a very deep recession, apparently. Uh, but I think the energy challenge for us is a long-term one. We have just started to uh, put in place the policies that will allow us to go to a low-carbon economy. The collapse in the price of oil is, um, is, should not distract us from the longer-term challenge. This is my, my basic point. So we've, we've taxed oil heavily. If the price goes down by too much, too long, we can you know, increase the taxes to sort of rebalance the, 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 the oil price. Uh, but it's much more of, a, of, of an issue for oil producers than it is an issue for, for us. So again, the markets seem to work in some respects, even in relation to new green economics as well. It works, provided you give the market the right signal. 
and the market by itself will not give you know carbon emissions a price or you know will not transform emitting carbon into a cost for companies so this is what policies have to do and this is what we are busy doing you know, so maybe we do it you know not quickly enough not aggressively enough and i may, but we're doing it and provided we send the right signals uh, then then yes you can uh you can expect that 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 the market will 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 deliver um the the right the right outcome um so in that respect you know the fall in the price of oil you know in the in the short term is isn't good because it you know it makes a lot of these new investment in greener technologies unattractive but i think it's a short term problem you know the the you know, people who invest in alternative technologies do not invest for them to be you know to be profitable in in six months or in a year they invest because there will be a market in ten years fifteen years and um so we have to continue on these policies to create this long term perspective for a transition towards a, lo- a low carbon economy and basically disregard the short term the short term ups and downs of the oil, of of the oil market again when you are in the business of producing and selling oil and it's basically 90% of your of your of your budgetary um uh of your budget revenues then you have then for you it's a, it's a it's a very big problem but that's not our situation that's opec situation Dr. Pierre Noel, thank you very much indeed for talking to Judge Business School Window on the World podcast. Thank you.